Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I think we can all admit $250,000 is a fair amount of loot. I mean, unless you're a Kardashian, $250,000 is a lot of money. And to learn uh, that Hunter Biden got a $250,000 wire transfer from Beijing is, well, for many of us, par for the course because we've been we've been paying attention. We read what it is that James Comer is putting out there from the House Oversight Committee. We have been watching uh, this, this, this family and, and almost the devil-may-care attitude regarding, yeah, we were trying to make a profit. Yeah, we were trying to get the Biden family thing going here. We're not... We're not shy about this. What? The Clintons are the only ones who can figure out how to make a couple bucks? Remember what the Clinton Global Initiative always was. Why give directly to a charity when you can give to the Clintons? And then the Clintons will give to the charity. That's genius. Because it was the Clintons not caring about the charity. You would have to believe that the Clintons actually care about Haiti. It was the Clintons selling access. That was the goal, and uh, goal achieved. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. The $250,000 wired to Hunter Biden from Beijing, from this guy, Jonathan Lee. Now, who is Jonathan Lee? Uh, I, I think it best if I let James Comer explain it himself. Well, I can tell you that on the wire that Hunter Biden received from the Chinese national, uh, the beneficiary address listed was Joe Biden's home address at a time where I'm pretty certain Hunter Biden was not living in the home of Joe Biden. But if you if you go back even further than that, this Jonathan Lee, who wired the two hundred sixty thousand dollars from China to Hunter Biden's personal account, uh, he is part of the, the Chinese Communist Party. He is, is a huge business person in China uh, with a Chinese-backed entity that funds investments in the United States. So what the, the one issue in Congress that Democrats and Republicans agree on is we don't want China taking over industries important to our national security. We won't want China buying farmland. This is the guy that does that. Jonathan Lee is the person who represents China. And if you research it, Joe Biden met with Jonathan Lee. He wrote a letter of recommendation for his child to get into college in the United States. There is a relationship that was developed between Joe Biden and Jonathan Lee when he was vice president. And now we have evidence that Jonathan Lee, who Joe Biden said his son never took any money from, said his son never took any money from China. Joe, uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer said that Hunter never received any money from this guy. We have evidence that he received over a quarter of a million dollars. And the address listed on the wire was Joe Biden's personal residence. And this is why the impeachment inquiry is so very necessary. Now, some people are are, are saying, no, 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 Tony, you, you got it wrong. What is necessary is impeachment. We have to have impeachment. That's what it is that we need. You're not going to get me to argue 
that Joe Biden isn't good enough. You're not going to get me to argue that Joe Biden somehow deserves to be in office. I mean, gets elected. We'll deal with the fighting later. I just don't go right to impeachment because impeachment is a political tool. We should utilize it as such. And if you say to me, Tony, that's so callous, I'll point you to two impeachments of Donald Trump and say, you taught political left. You did this to America. You taught America that impeachment is a tool to utilize at your whim to get your political desires, if not to throw somebody out of office, but at least at the very least, to damage them. This is what Harry Reid taught when he utilized the nuclear option regarding uh, uh, reducing the threshold for a vote. This is what Harry Reid taught when he said of Mitt Romney when he was running for president, that guy doesn't pay his taxes. He said in the well of the Senate, people forget this, about this despicable man named Harry Reid, the late senator from Nevada. Shamefully, they named the airport after him in Vegas. So you got to go through the Harry Reid airport before you go to lose all your money at Harris or wherever it is you go. It was him who said, Harry Reid who said, Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes. When people said, hey, what do you mean Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes? What proof do you have that Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes? Harry Reid said, ask him. Don't ask me. What are you asking me for? These people have been teaching us for years how to use politics as a cudgel to destroy our opponents. That's what they've been doing. And somehow they're shocked at us for noticing. I don't want it. I don't think actually you want it. But if this is the world that they're going to create, well, then holy hell, you got to fight. So if impeachment is indeed a political tool, which it is, you got to use it in the proper time. So what's more valuable? The impeachment that won't get through the Senate and will be seen as political in a in a way that is harmful or the slow drip of information about exactly how corrupt Hunter Biden is and Joe Biden is. Which one's more valuable? Which one's more important? I argue without any hesitation, none, zero hesitation, that what is more important is the slow drip. So this impeachment inquiry starts today. And this impeachment inquiry is very important in getting out this information, getting out this data, getting out uh, these facts. $250,000, I think it was actually $260,000 wired to Joe Biden. Now, some people want to make the claim that this isn't actually something that matters because this didn't happen when Joe Biden was president. Why, why, why would it matter? Why would anybody care? He, he, he wasn't president. He wasn't vice president. I think it's happened in 2019. What's the big deal? Uh, Laura Ingram actually on Fox asked James Comer, this exact question. People were saying, well, but this happened before Joe was president, before he became president in January 2020. Why does that matter? It doesn't matter. And it it happened while Joe Biden was a candidate for president. He was already running for president of the United States. And this wire from China, who's our biggest enemy, that's the one thing. In this, in this hall where, I, where I'm currently being interviewed, there's massive disagreement on funding levels for the government. I don't think that's any secret. One thing that we all agree on is China's a threat to the United States. And here we have more evidence of the Biden family receiving millions and millions of dollars from our adversarial country for who knows what. 
the Bidens never have said what they did to receive the money. What did Hunter Biden do to receive a quarter of a million dollars from a Chinese national affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? That's the best question asked. And and it's been asked by Comer and it's been asked by a a series uh, uh, of people. What the hell did Hunter Biden ever do to get this money? What did he ever offer? What did he ever provide? What skill set to get the $80,000 a month from Burisma? And the answer is when your last name is Biden, no skill set is necessary. One of the most telling things from the Devin Archer testimony, the former business partner of, of Hunter Biden, and you'll note that this is true the minute you hear it, because you never heard pushback to it, is that no one ever said that Devin Archer wasn't telling the truth. Everything involving Hunter Biden, the business partners, putting Joe Biden on the phone, the dinners and everything else, you will note that no one ever said, well, that didn't happen. Representative Dan Goldman of New York, who is uh, an embarrassing cat, who wanted to push the idea that Hunter Biden wasn't selling access. He was trying to tell people he was selling the illusion of access. You understand that it's Dan Goldman who made up that line and then pushed that line. Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times had had pointed that out very, very well, that that line did not come from Devin Archer. That line came from the Democratic congressman from New York, Dan Goldman, pushing it on Devin Archer to try and get him to say it so he could say, you see, it wasn't about access. It was about the illusion of access. No, it was about access. And we certainly know this from the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor, Shulkin. We know that the prosecutor uh, got fired, not because it was necessary and certainly not replaced by somebody solid, but because he was actually doing his job as the reporting tells us and was possibly looking into Burisma and their really problematic business dealings. No one ever said of Devin Archer, no one ever said of the testimony of Devin Archer, well, this isn't true. This didn't happen. No one said it. So you have to, by definition, be left with the, well, there's a lot there to be believed. Because there's a lot there to be believed. And one of the things that you realize as all these people are reaching out to Hunter Biden's company, Rosemont Seneca, uh, Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca this, I don't know why Rosemont Seneca, um, is why. Why in the world would anybody reach out to him? And the only reason is his last name is Biden. Now, this is not a political point of view. You could take the most non-political person In all America. And they'll say to you, oh, yeah, that's nepotism. Oh, yeah, he was uh, letting his dad know things and trying to get some help there and doing all sorts of all sorts of stuff. That's absolutely what was happening, because that's absolutely what was happening. What was happening was the sell of access. What was happening was an opportunity to influence policy. That's what happened. And the $250,000, $260,000 wired from uh, this Chinese national, Jonathan Lee, as the statement goes, uh, they have subpoenaed, has the House Oversight Committee, and obtained 
two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Chinese nationals, including Jonathan Lee, in July and August of 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president. So now that we know this, what do we do with this information? And I say to you, don't run to impeachment, engage the inquiry, and start dripping out the information. Dripping out the information is what it's about, and that involves patience, and the political right doesn't want patience. I hear you. Look at what these people have done to Trump. Whether you support Trump or not is inconsequential. Look what they've done to Trump. Look what they do to Republicans. Look at how they lie. Look at how they uh, abuse the Justice uh, Department. Two, this two-tiered justice system. Well, Tony, it can't be two-tiered. Look at how they indicted Bob Menendez. $100,000 worth of gold hanging out in his house. I had some people uh, email me. I was talking about this on radio. And uh, of course, I was talking about it on radio. It's what I do. Uh, I, I was talking about it on air. That's probably the better way to say it. And they're like, why, why are you making fun of people who have gold in their house? It's a great hedge. I'm not telling you that you might not have gold in your house. I'm telling you there isn't a way Bob Menendez, the senator from New Jersey, has $100,000 worth of gold ingots in his house. Are we all crazy? You know, I know, everybody knows. He didn't say, hmm, I'm going to invest in gold now. No, 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 no. Somebody showed up with a forklift and dropped it off. Or maybe it was just a very large dolly with those super thick wheels, you know, the knobby ones. We know that's how it went down. If you told me that you had cash in your house, I'd say to you, okay, makes sense. I mean, if, if if the banks have some kind of issue and you want to be able to have cash, it makes perfect sense. And let's say you had, I don't know, $10,000 in your house. I'd say, okay. You had $50,000 in your house. I'd be like, whoo, okay. $400,000? Unless you're a rapper. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're telling me a senator from New Jersey has $400,000 in cash lying around? Well, that's probably exactly what you think from a senator from New Jersey, to be honest with you. But I didn't realize the Senate paid so well. It happened somehow. And you absolutely get the feel from the indictment that it's irrefutable, the level of corruption, although he's not resigning. And don't forget that he's not resigning. Never forget that you fight to the very, very, very end. Remember, if Al Franken had fought against the pressure to resign for that photo uh, that he took, uh, was it Leanne Tweeden where he uh, he was groping her, or that's what the, the, the photo uh, alluded to, uh, if he had fought that, he'd still be a senator today. He regrets it every single day. You fight to the very, very end. This is what the political left has taught. What the political left tries to do is say, when the right does it, it's the worst thing in the world. And when the left does it, what are you even looking at? Why are you such a bigot? We've learned these lessons. We've learned them very, very well. And we are not going to respond to that anymore. We shouldn't respond to that anymore. I mean, we should have a standard. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We should have a standard for, for, for our people. We should have a standard for those, quote unquote, on our side. I think that makes perfect sense. But holy hell. Not because they say what the standard is. They couldn't decide a standard of their damn lives depended on it. Now, one of the bigger questions here coming from this is how does this affect the election? People are not, I, I think, 
coming to this place um, quickly enough. I've argued uh, repeatedly uh, that I don't believe Joe Biden's going to be off the the, the ballot. Um, I believe that he will still be the nominee. And I believe this because I think it's I think it's too late. If, if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at the calendar, if I'm looking at the schedule, if I'm looking at the, the opportunities, I argue that it's simply too late to replace him for any level of practicality. Now, what, what has come back to me uh, from people who, who, who watch, uh, listen to the shows, watch the, the, the videos over at Rumble, where you should, you should subscribe, Tony Katz, rumble.com slash Tony Katz, and of course, TonyKatz.com, um, is, is that, Tony, these are Democrats. They can do anything they want, anytime they want. And of course, that's the right answer. 100% the right answer without question. Will they replace him? Well, that's a conversation. I would say possible, not probable. I still argue that it's too late. I argue that it's too late, but that argument is so well blunted that possible. I mean, unfortunately, that's the best I can do. It's possible. Hold nothing past, put nothing past the progressive left. Anything for victory. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Have your attention, order. It's with a heavy heart that I rise to inform members of my resignation as Speaker of the House of Commons. It has been my greatest honour as a parliamentarian to have been elected by you, my peers, to serve as the Speaker of the House of Commons for the 43rd and 44th Parliament. I have acted as your humble servant of this House, carrying out the important responsibilities of this position to the very best of my abilities. I don't need to hear the French. That's Anthony Rota. He is the speaker there uh, in Canada. And this is what happens when you celebrate a Nazi. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. You didn't know he was a Nazi? You didn't know he uh, was with, the, was it the 14th Waffen? Well, they renamed it the 1st Ukrainian Division in World War II, and oh, there were freedom fighters fighting against the Russians. Uh, the Russians were on our side. History matters. And the resignation comes because it has to. You know, I was arguing on, on my morning show, there are things that could happen, a mistake that could happen where, you know, you don't have to resign. It's, it's embarrassing. You, you, you're embarrassed yourself. You're ashamed of yourself. You learn from it. You get better. You move on. Mistakes happen throughout your entire life. You put all of Canada on display. You created a propaganda opportunity for the Russians. You didn't do any vetting whatsoever. There are some things that your career just ends from. And from this, he's like, I fully accept my responsibility for my, for my actions. The public recognition has caused pain to individuals and communities, including the Jewish community in Canada and around the world, in addition to survivors of Nazi atrocities in Poland, among other nations. Uh, I, I did not feel any pain from his uh, words as somebody who was Jewish. Um, just embarrassed that no one did any research at all. But this is not just his problem. This is a, a phenomenon of of people who just think that the world started yesterday and it didn't. I don't mind that he resigned. I mind that Justin Trudeau is still in power. This is Tony Katz today.
So you've got the debate tonight. The Republicans uh, debating. Of course, Trump not there. So they have a really important question to ask themselves. And we have an important question to ask ourselves. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll be live streaming uh, tonight at Rumble. Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. I will be live streaming uh, the debate so you can uh, watch that. And you should watch that. They have a question to ask themselves. All the candidates who are going to appear on the debate stage tonight, and I am prepared. Uh, I have got uh, my bourbon. I have got my cigar all picked out, all ready to go. I have got the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof and uh, the six provinces from Espinosa. Now, if you've never had the, the single barrel barrel proof, it's just wonderful. It is an absolutely terrific i mean it's 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 big on proof easy 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 uh going down now i i happen to like jack i dig that banana uh that comes out of jack daniels i think it's i think it's just terrific and and i think people give it uh sadly uh, give it a uh, short shrift they shouldn't i think i think jack daniels is great this is this is a much more full and and complete bourbon there the the six provinces there's a series of those from espinoza espinoza makes uh the knuckle sandwich with guy fieri uh, from from Food Network, uh, Eric Espinosa and that team does an incredibly good job. So this is made in the AJ Fernandez, uh, a factory Ecuadorian Ecuadorian Habano, a wrapper Nicaraguan in the binder and the filler. It, it's beautiful in the packaging, beautiful in the presentation. It's named after the six provinces of Cuba, and so uh, the one I'm doing, I think, is was it CMW? Is that it? There, there's a series of the CMW that's actually, I believe, the airport code. For the airport there in Cuba uh, is is why it's named that for that area. Uh, Just, man, Espinosa makes some of the best cigars going right now. They really do. Placencia, Espinosa, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which is Steve Saka. They're they're making the stuff. So that's what I'm uh, I'm drinking tonight. That's what I'm smoking tonight. Uh, The single barrel barrel proof from uh, Jack Daniels and the six provinces from Espinosa Cigars. So so uh, you can smoke along and drink along with me for the debate coverage, which will be at rumble, rumble.com uh, slash Tony Katz. Be sure uh, to uh, subscribe. What is in it for these seven? What do they get? You got DeSantis. You have Nikki Haley. You have uh, Tim Scott. You've got uh, Mike Pence. You've got uh, Doug Burgum. I'm, I'm missing, oh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And who else, who am I missing? Wait, who am I missing? DeSantis, Haley, Scott, Pence, Ramaswamy, Burgum. I am totally, I'm pulling a Rick Perry. Who am I missing? Who am I? Do I have to to look it up? I'll look it up right now. I'll tell you right now. Uh, Oh, Chris Christie. As I said, who am I missing? Too soon? By the way, I'm still there. I'm still in the idea that Chris Christie needs to run for Senate against Bob Menendez with all these charges uh, against him for conspiring with a couple of Egyptian businessmen and trying to curry favor with him. Oh, he should run for Senate. Do it for America, Chris Christie. Good Lord. Uh, uh, I, I was going to tell a joke. I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, what is in it for these candidates? What really is in it for them? Uh, that is a good question. I don't think 
It's this. Donald Trump today is different uh, than the Donald Trump of 2016. And you bet. I think he ought to be on that debate stage. He ought to be engaging all of us that are vying for this nomination. That's a mistake from Mike Pence. And look, I'm an Indiana guy. I I, I knew uh, then Governor Pence. I've had the chance to interview repeatedly then Vice President uh, Pence. Um, I like him personally. I think his chances are less and less every single day with what we've seen, if we believe any level of this polling. But why does he want Trump in the debate? What's really, what is really in it for any of them if he's there? What is it that they gain? If you're any one of these seven candidates, what is it that you get from Trump being there? What you get is the opportunity to punch Trump and whose mind does it change? No, no, you don't want Trump there so you can hit him. You want Trump there on a national stage so A, Trump can hit himself, I'll get to that, and B, everybody's now a real contender. If Trump is not on the stage, everybody else on the stage is an also-ran. Everybody else on the stage is fighting for second place if trump's on the stage well then you're playing with the big boys i think that's a very mistaken way to go about the debate process and i think that mike pence is wrong to push this idea what mike pence should be pushing are his ideas what mike pence should be pushing is his theories and philosophies and what mike pence should be doing is trying to build out his opportunities to build out his coalition so when this group goes from seven remember it was eight remember it was nine to three he could be one of those remaining three maybe grab those other voters and actually say look at the coalition that i built look at the progress that i've created look at all the excitement for me now i'm gonna go out there and i'm sorry trump your time has passed it's exactly what nikki haley needs to do both having been in the trump administration the guy who has the most to lose is Ron DeSantis. Now, I'm going to try and and get this uh, up here for everybody uh, to check out. I want to share this with you. This is the latest polling from Real Clear. I mean, the poll isn't from Real Clear Politics, but I, I got it from Real Clear Politics in Iowa, right? We can take a look at national polling, but the Iowa polling is pretty important. This poll says Trump 51, DeSantis 21. And I said, oh, really? DeSantis back in the 20-point range? It is the smallest gap for Trump yet. In the Fox Business poll a couple days earlier, Trump was only at 46%, but DeSantis was at 15, putting Nikki Haley at 11%. This poll, the CBS poll, 51 Trump, 21 DeSantis, Eight, Haley. Nikki Haley moving into third place decisively in Iowa. That poll would tell you that Ron DeSantis is moving up. And you could say, well, yes, clearly Ron DeSantis is moving up. Take a look at the national polling. The national polling 
could tell you the same exact story. The national polling, when you look at it, could tell you that what you see is Ron DeSantis moving up. Here it is. Uh, the latest one was uh, Economist YouGov. Oh, that one. Oh, no, no. The latest one I saw was Mammoth. So the Mammoth poll has Trump 55, DeSantis 17. Economist YouGov has Trump 53, DeSantis 14. In these two polls, Trump is under 40 points. The 38-point spread in the Monmouth University poll is the shortest spread I have seen on the national side. 38 points, 38 freaking points, and it's the shortest spread. And you say to me, so, Tony, what does this tell you? What it tells me is that Ron DeSantis has the most to lose. DeSantis's campaign didn't do what it was supposed to do, at least as the polling shows. Now, again, I'm not a believer in the polling. I don't believe in polling. I, 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 am, I am 17 times bitten, 42,000 times shy. I just don't buy in. But this polling would, would state that DeSantis is starting to gain a touch of steam, a couple of these polls. But why didn't he gain any steam last month or the month before, the month before, the month before? Why was he at 30 points in March, April, and then just cratered out? People got to know him. He really is unlikable. He really is wooden. I mean, the idea that these things matter to people is just too ridiculous for words. I don't give a damn about his personality. Can you do the job? I'm not voting for a boyfriend. I'm not voting for a husband. I don't need anybody to be the big spoon. I need you to do the job that I need done and then get the hell out of my life. One of the, in in 2012, there was was exit polling from the Obama-Romney race that Mitt Romney lost and, and shouldn't have if he had been willing to do the job in the debates to tell Candy Crowley to be quiet and actually put Barack Obama in the trunk, Romney would have been president for eight years. And you would have been happy with it. That's the crazy part. Um, some of the exit polling discussed the idea cares about people like me cares about people like me. I don't care. If the president knows my name, lower my taxes, defend the country, get out of my way. It's all I ever asked for. It's all I could ever want. I, I have no other desires in the world. I don't need you to like me. I don't need Grandpa Simpson, sorry, Joe Biden, to like me. I don't care. It means nothing. Why does it mean so much to so many? They need somebody who cares about me. I need somebody who cares enough about the country to leave me be. But I'm different. I get that I'm different. But when I read that uh, that, that, that bit of polling, I was like, damn, this is, this is bad news. Because it's, it's this indicator that the, the electorate isn't thinking the way I would, I would like them to think. They're, 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 not enge- they're engaged in something that is superficial and not factual. And that, to me, is, 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 is pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous stuff. So I don't care about DeSantis's personality. It's, 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 it's meaningless. I don't care about Trump's personality either, by the way. I don't. But I started this by saying DeSantis has the most to lose. 
If you argue that a couple of these polls say he's got a touch of momentum, well, he needs a solid debate performance to, to make that happen. In order to have a solid debate performance, he has to be the guy considered the threat by everybody else, so they go after him. But I don't think he's the guy they consider the threat. I think in this debate, they're going to consider Nikki Haley to be the threat. I think Nikki Haley, for them, is going to be considered the threat in this debate. Because it's Nikki Haley for the second time in the head-to-head matchups who beats Biden by six points, seven points. Nikki Haley did a good job of beating up Vivek Ramaswamy in the last debate. I'm not saying you like her. I'm not saying she doesn't have issues. I'm not saying you want to vote for her. I'm discussing what the data says. She's the one showing herself ahead. Her abortion conversation connected with people. It did. Hey, look, I'm pro-life, but can we stop demonizing these women? That connected with people. It moved people. It, 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 it made her to them attractive as a candidate. And on the foreign policy stuff, no matter where you are with Ukraine, she was able to get punches in of Vivek Ramaswamy like Ramaswamy got punches in on Chris Christie. And it helped her tremendously. And so I think she is the one who's going to get the focus of the ire in this debate, if I'm right about that. DeSantis could win by not losing because nobody's going after him. But I think it states that nobody's going after him because nobody's actually taking him seriously. They don't see him as a contender. They don't see him as somebody who's going to be a real issue. They don't see him as being there in the end when it's one guy against Trump or two guys against Trump, two people against Trump. They don't see him being there. I, I have not felt that way un, until recently. Recently, I feel that way. Look, I, I just want to win. I have said this before. I have said this again. I just want to win, baby. That's it. I have no other desires in me. I just want to win. And if I win with Trump, okay. If I win with DeSantis, okay. If I win with Nikki Haley, I'll be okay. I don't have an option. I can't have this Biden insanity anymore. I'm not sure whether America is actually going to go for Trump in a general. I know what the matchups say. I know what the ABC Washington Post poll says, right? He, uh, he's, he's, it was a 5243 or 5142, up by nine. He beats Biden by nine. I don't know if I believe it. I know, I know. I'm so terrible. I'm such an naysayer. I don't know if that's about Trump or if that's about people saying, that old guy, Biden? Ah, I'll take Trump over Biden. Because they don't think Trump is infirmed. Although people like Joe Scarborough are desperate to tell you that Donald Trump, oh, mentally, he can't handle the job. But Biden can. Age is a conversation, don't get me wrong. But if you're going to say it about Trump and not Biden, you're an unserious person. I'm going to spend no time talking to you around you at all in any way i just i'm pushing you to the side right there so in this debate i expect uh for um for uh nikki haley to take the hits i expect her to be the punching bag du jour uh, shutdown is going to come up 
No question, shutdown's going to come up. It's a question of what also these candidates decide to bring up. But I think Nikki Haley is going to take the punches. I'm going to be live streaming it starting tonight just before 9 o'clock, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. So be sure to tune in for that. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Let's get the facts right. Your, que- your, your first question was, and I answered it, the Senate has done nothing. The Senate has not done one thing when it comes to appropriation. Is that different than we have in the past? Okay. No, normally the Senate doesn't even bring them up in committee. So the Senate's done nothing. The House is working on passing 73% of all the appropriation bills of the job we're supposed to do by Thursday. We're bringing up on Friday ability to fund the government, but at the same time secure our border. So yes, we're doing our job. So what does the president have to do with that? If he wants to sit and hide in the White House and put government into a shutdown, that's on him. That's Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. As I said, um, shutdown is going to be a front and center story. I just don't get worked up over it. And I I accept that it'll affect people's lives if they get a check of some other kind of government uh, assistance. I just, I've been through this. It gets worked out and we move on. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, But I love the idea of putting everything on Chuck Schumer, as he should, and he should do it aggressively, nose to nose. Here's what we passed. Get it done, Chucky boy. He should do that live on television, live on radio, live somewhere. I'd give anything, anything for that to happen, but it doesn't seem to go the way I want it to. I'll catch you for the debate tonight, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone, take care. Take care.